Sisters from Mother Skinnerin celebrating the voices of young women 13 through 30 who are using their genius to move beyond pretty and create a softer world. So today I am so excited to be chatting with Fatima Balul, who is a rising sophomore from Thomas Edison High School in Fairfax, North Virginia. And for our Canadians listening, rising sophomore means she's going into grade 10. So I just want to say hi and welcome to the show, Fatima. Hi, I am so, so, so excited to be here and so excited to have this opportunity. Yeah, I think we've got a lot of great stuff to chat about. I was so excited to be introduced to you by your sister, who I know is interning for us this summer. And I think that your vision for what you want to, the movement that you're interested in spreading is just such an inspiration for young women everywhere. So um, why don't you just start off, just tell us about what what your vision is with the school clubs that you want to start. So I want to start a spirituality-based movement in my school, and I want to educate females about the acts of nurturing the mind, the body, the soul, and the heart, and reawakening an alignment with themselves and with what they prefer, like the universe or with God. And through this, I believe that they will develop this, this self-acceptance and the self-power and this revolutionary feeling where they can connect with each other and they can work as one to enrich their mental well-being and I think that we can all project like a positive vibrational energy and like positive juju through this and I think that each female in this movement will nurture a powerful mind and soul and heart that they can control and empower and I think we can all through connecting with our hearts and our mind we can all revive a force of feminism and like female leadership well, this is just incredibly inspiring hearing you speak. I, I feel like we share a soul. Um, that has been a lot of my journey has really been through mindfulness based, first of all, recovery from my eating disorder. And then it, it's definitely been a practice that I just carry with me and keep in my back pocket and make sure that I do on a mostly daily basis um, because it is so powerful to, I think, live and move from a place of embodiment of actually being in our bodies and letting all of that mental minutiae kind of drop into <clears throat> the felt sensations of the body, where we can really open to our lives arising as they are. I'm curious about what your personal journey has been. You know, you're, you're only 15, you've just finished grade nine, and, and yet it seems like you've gone through this incredible journey yourself to arrive in this place of really recognizing that radical self-acceptance is fundamental to a movement success you know it's like it reminds me of the of Gloria Steinem's book Revolution from Within which I read when I was 17 and it moved me so deeply because it was really a book of self-esteem um, and she just talked about all of those internal themes and those internal landscapes that we need to traverse um, to, to come to a place of being able to offer something really rich yeah definitely so um I, from the beginning, from when I was really, really young, I was always so deeply 
into being perfect through school and through academics. I put such high standards on myself to get such amazing grades and such like regardless of what I felt within, I knew that getting those good grades was all I wanted. I didn't know the power of the mind. I didn't know how easily the mind could be affected and how your heart could be so dissatisfied, you know? And um, as I got older and as I, you know, the standards got a lot harder, I got so much inspiration from other people, including my family, my friends, books, you know, even you. I got so much inspiration to realize that your heart, your mind, your soul, and your body are all connected. They're all unified. And we have to awake that, we have to like, you know, align ourselves through our mind and our soul and our heart and our body. We cannot betray our body just because of the media. We cannot betray our hearts just because of school and just because of the vicious cycle of jealousy, you know, and I learned that my heart and my soul are the most important power, like most important powers within me. And I want to share that with everyone around me. I want to share it with the females that are afraid to speak up because they don't know what's happening to them. And even the the young the younger students out there that are that feel so alone within them because they feel that no one else out of the billions of people in this world are going through any mental health issues. I want to bring awareness not only you know to mental health, but I also want to bring awareness to the power of being united as females and being like a really 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 strong force together. And I think, I think those things, especially in our generation, with how amped up social media is, I think that those two mm-hmm. things are actually inextricably linked. Yeah. And um, that when we feel connected, especially as young women, that there is a power that we connect up with. And it, it's really generative for our basic neural circuitry in our brains that that experience of connectedness actually builds positive mental health. I'm curious about, you know, in terms of your trajectory, was there a point for you, you talk about sort of having been an achievement junkie from obviously a very early age, because you're talking about grade nine, you know, and then yeah. middle school, right? And, and, and then you were able to sort of topography some of that, the pain that erupted as a result of that and come into this place of real authentic power. What what happened for you inside of that? Did you reach a point where you kind of hit bottom and realized you just couldn't go on with that? So um, I actually learned, I did not know what was going on in my mind. I had no idea, but I actually learned over time that I was developing this, I was developing honestly anxiety and I was so confused. I was like, no, like that's not me. Like I can't do that, you know, but I accepted it. I accepted it and I was willing to take anything, take to take any active measure to actually focus on myself and help myself. And through helping myself, there I realized that there was no bad grade I ever got again. Because every grade I got, every lesson that I learned, everything that happened around me, it was all perfect. Regardless of, you know, the obvious imperfections, I felt that it was perfect. And you know, isn't that interesting? I, it's interesting. It seems like the universe kind of responds to us when we make a commitment yeah. to love or to our well-being. I remember when I first started studying at McGill University, and I was just, I mean, 
want to say I was sort of freshly out of my eating disorder, but I was still sort of struggling with, um, with some body image stuff. And I, um, was definitely sort of struggling with being in a brand new city and, and all of that stuff. And I made it my goal to graduate happy and healthy, which was a pretty unique goal as a, as a student studying at university to really prioritize my own well-being and make that the touchstone from which I explored any anything academically. And that actually really worked in my favor. My marks took care of themselves was what I found happened. When I was tending my inner life, all of the sort of didactic thinking and all of the sort of performance demands that go along with university life, they actually took care of themselves. Yeah. You know, um, I actually am like, I love learning about like spiritual practices and stuff like that. So there's actually something called manifestation and the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like where, um, you kind of align your mind to think a certain way, you program it to think a certain way. And even if you just like, don't, even if those things aren't really like true to yourself, like, Oh, like, um, I think I am so beautiful within you actually don't think you're so beautiful, but you continuously tell yourself you're beautiful and that your body is beautiful and that your hair is beautiful. Um, you'll actually learn to, it'll actually be a habit and the universe will give you that. It'll give you an abundance of that because you're thanking the universe for giving you what you already have and it'll work in your favor. And it's just so beautiful, you know, how the mind is completely aligned with the universe and with everything around it and how you can, control your mind, you know? That's so interesting because that's really, that reflects back to me and reminds me of a time in my recovery when I wallpapered my bedroom wall with affirmations, Mm -hmm. you know, telling myself that I was magnetic and curvy and sexy and beautiful and smart and everything I felt like I needed to hear that, you know, the world at large and certainly popular media messaging was not feeding back to me. I just created it. And I was like, this is what I need to hear. This is how I want to be programmed. I want as a woman to be free. I don't want to feel like I'm a slave to constructions of beauty and of how women have to be. And mm-hmm. it worked. It really, it really was really effective. It is. I a hundred percent agree. You know, and then What's that? It's the power of the mind. It's so strong, you know? Yeah, the power of the mind is amazing. And, and then what was interesting, the next step for me was to discover mindfulness practice and really engage mindfulness training. And in that, I ended up actually throwing out all of the specific mental training that I, you know, like with, that I was giving myself. And with mindfulness practice, it was just radical acceptance, just noticing any thought, whether the thought was positive or negative, whatever that thought was, just allowing it to be as it was, and then coming back to the sensations of the body and the breath and the moment, and then recognizing the moment as basically not separate from the truth of who I am. And that's been a practice that has just that was the practice that actually, for me, revolutionized my experience of my body because what ended up happening just as a, I don't know, like almost like a byproduct of doing the practice was I stopped even needing to cultivate that positive dialogue. And it was replaced by this kind of 
more quieted experience that I started to have uh, and of being able to just live from feeling the body and being in the body and having this kind of surrender to life on life's own terms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so powerful. It is so powerful. And so when did you, when did you begin meditation and how has that played a role for you? So um, I actually began when my grandfather, Ustaz Mahmoud, he, I'm a disciple of him, and he, is, he was a humanitarian thinker in Sudan who led these peaceful movements to form gender equality under the oppressive government of Sudan. They had a very, very, very patriarchal government. And he wrote this incredible book called The Second Message of Islam, where he talked about his movements and he consistently talked about meditation. Uh I didn't know what meditation was. Yeah. And um, I actually researched on it and I spoke to my sister about it and I truly, truly fell in love. I used it to not only relieve my stress, but I realized that it's tapping into the subconscious mind and your deepest intentions and your strengths and your vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. And I learned that there's so it's so significant to have an alignment with your subconscious mind because I am one of the billions of people that have undergone like the emotional instability and its fluctuations. And what a lot of people don't know is that mental health is lurking just below the surface in your subconscious. So meditation, it allows us to feel and understand our thought thought processes and our fears. And while quieting the mind, you have the power to transform your thoughts and nurture your passions and strengths and reveal your deepest, your deepest, deepest innate greatness, you know? And I just love that. I truly, truly love that. This is just amazing. And so you actually come from a whole line of of people who were committed to this pursuit and exploration mm-hmm. wow isn't that incredible and is, so did that trickle down into your parents or your mom um I believe so uh yeah my parents they always they always taught me like to pray and they always taught me to be mindful but the specific act of meditation I think that my sister and I actually I feel like we revived it into our family and we talked to like our whole family about our extended family about it and I think that it has grew ever since. Wow, that's an incredible yeah. story. Thank that you. Is amazing. So let's talk a little bit more about the intersection between spirituality and feminism in your experience. Okay. I think that's a really powerful one. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So I think that spirituality is at, like it's like nurturing the body, the soul, the mind, and the heart. And I think it's awakening an alignment for me with God and the universe. So I think that when females connect with the deepest state of themselves, they gain this revolutionary self-discovery and power. And I think that every female has the capability of nurturing that powerful mind and heart and body and soul. And that through awakening this alignment, we can all be a unified force into feminism, into female leadership, and we can empower each other, you know, around us and around the world. And 
I think it's so powerful. So beautiful. Thank you. It really is beautiful. It reminds me a little bit too, I don't know if you're familiar with Rianne Eisler's work, but she wrote The Chalice and the Blade and it's been published in 26 different languages around the world and it just celebrated its 30th anniversary. Um, 56 US print editions, I think. But what she did, she went back and she researched these ancient goddess cultures and she found that when women when women's bodies were sort of seen as this site of life and liberation and illumination, women were put into these leadership roles as a result of that, as they were, their power was recognized. And what came out of that was actually a cultural system based in collaboration and partnership, wherein leadership was shared and um, the, the guiding principles for the cultures were based in reciprocity and mutuality and spirituality and the body and the spirit as not being separate. Um, and it was a really wonderful thing for, for people who were living inside of those cultures. And I think it's pretty clear to all of us that we need a revival. <laughs> We, we really need a revival and we're living in this culture wherein the female body has been so objectified and so hypersexualized that her, it's like our humanity, everywhere we look, our humanity is being stripped away from us and we're being taught mm -hmm. to view our bodies as, um, you know, objects in particular of, of male desire and yeah. especially with the pornography industry now sort of basically replacing sex education and um that's about to happen again in in ontario as well in all likelihood because they've just the new government there has just rolled out the old sex curriculum from 1998 and um you know it's just it's i think it's just such a challenging time to be a young woman yeah. in the world when you have i i love that you deleted your instagram account so I what, love that. Tell me about that. It's not very many young people that make that decision. What prompted that? So I had an Instagram in sixth grade. And I feel like once we, you know, it's just a profile. It's not a big deal. But once we are obsessed with going through and browsing through the Explore page and seeing these, these females that we consistently are jealous of or we compare ourselves to we feel so disconnected with our mind and I think that I constantly was under that pressure and I constantly thought that this is that this is how I'm supposed to look you know this is how I'm supposed to live and as just a young female it really 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 affected the way I thought it really made me you know see people differently when we're actually all just one unified power and so I took responsibility for that and I understood it and I completely just wiped it out of my life and from then I really really grew and I hopefully in the future want to make something like a media page or a profile where it's more about the positivity of life you know the positive things that we have to do and to attain a better mindset instead of being under the pressure of, of looking a certain way, you know? Yeah. So I'm curious, like, did you just come up with this idea to delete your Instagram on yourself? And did you undergo this process independently? Or did you, did you have any mentorship? Or did your grandfather step in? I mean, what happened that you kind of woke up to the need to make a different choice for yourself around that? 
You know, I actually, I feel like it was more of, um, people brought it up to me, actually. They were like, when my sister noticed, like I, when I first had my Instagram, my sister was like, this is not healthy for you. You should not be doing this. You should not be looking at these things because they're just affecting your mind. And I was like, no, like that's, everyone has an Instagram. It's not that big of a deal. But after a while, I feel like I personally just felt it within me. I knew from within that this wasn't good for me and this wasn't healthy for me. So I just deleted it on my own. That's amazing. And then in your experience of connection, did you find that that choice, that that increased your sense of real-time connection with people? Or was there a period that you passed through where you felt a little bit disconnected because suddenly you sort of didn't have that knee-jerk reaction in your brain where you could go for the dopamine hit that happens when you get a new like on your most recent Instagram post? What happens, happened there for you? Um, in the beginning, it was so rough, you know? It was? I, yeah, because a lot of us, we get all um, a lot of our like self-esteem from how many likes we have or the comments that we get. And sure. it was so difficult at first because I had no idea how to like adapt again, which sounds crazy as a sixth grader. Like, it's just crazy, but that's how fast or you know, life is moving and that's how society shapes us, you know? But after I really found out through meditation and through mindfulness and through gaining, you know, a spiritual sense, I finally understood my deep passions. And I feel like that really aligned me and aligned me with other people and allowed me to just like have such a positive vibrational energy that I wanted to give to the world. You're such an inspiration. (laughs) I am so speechless. (laughs) So speaking of that, what is your vision then? What is your vision for this movement? And how do you see its expansion in the future? So empowering and helping others, it like, it truly resonates with my deep passions I love and who I want to be in life. So I think that in our society, I believe that we're all like susceptible to jealousy. We're all susceptible to self-hatred and betraying our body. And I think that as a female and a teenager, I've seen so many incredible individuals, females, males, anyone out there. I have seen them damaging and ruining their self-worth because of what we've seen and what we've been exposed to. And I think that this movement is not only to blossom a force of female leadership, but it's also to reduce the mental health through enriching like the strongest, most powerful and and accessible source out there, which is just the mind. And in the future, what I want to do is I want to not only bring this to to schools, you know, I also want to bring this on an international level and I want to help those help females out there from different countries who do not have this source of education that I do and that we all do. And um, I think that even in different countries around the world, they seriously have such a patriarchal government and society where females are seriously degraded. And I think that if they learn their self-worth and if they connect through their minds, that they will rise above what they expect to you know rise to and um 
I was actually watching this really, really cool YouTube video a couple days ago, and there's this YouTuber that I love. Her name is Lior Alexandra, and she was talking about how every single one of us out there, every single human being, every single animal, every single plant, we're all energy. We're all we're all made of atoms, which is just energy. And if we just go within ourselves and we understand our true, deepest, you know selves we actually realize that we're all one so why do we feel so disconnected from each other why do we feel the need to make people jealous through social media or why do we feel the need to hurt people through you know cyberbullying or whatever it is and why do we why do we feel so disconnected with our minds so that's what i want to educate the youth about regardless of if it's female or male or whatever I just want to educate people and I just want to bring a force together amazing and so the focus of your club what are the the sort of central themes that you're going to cover in your club so initially I want to start off with spirituality and I want to start off with self-discovery because I think that's the basis of self-love and the basis of being you know a force so we're starting off with spirituality and then it's going to kind of just flow through self-love and, um, you know, mindfulness and stuff like that and different practices. And then we're going to work towards feminism and growing together and also assessing mental health because it's, it's a really, really, really touchy subject. So I also want to minimize it, you know, in our school. Wonderful. Thank you. It's just so exciting. Thank you so much. Well, I, uh, is there, and is there anything else that you'd like to say? If you had say, I mean, you've given us so many gems of wisdom. Sometimes in these interviews, I say, you know, if, if you had three pearls of wisdom to offer the generation of young women that is listening to this right now, what would your share be? What do you want them to know? It is so difficult. Um, well, oh, that is difficult. Um, there's so much out there. First <laughs> <laughs> thing is that I actually read this really cool book, and um, the number one thing is that a plant grows with sunlight. It grows with the rain and it grows through the darkness and it grows through every single part beauty and the ugly parts of life so I want to share that you have to be patient with yourself a lot of us who struggle with mental health issues or a lot of us who are confused or are unsure of what we want to do in life we're unsure of you know what society has shown us we blame ourselves for not being a certain way and the one thing that I would like to tell everyone out there is you have to be patient with yourself you have to have self-compassion in order to grow for a long time to have a lifelong you know growth and I feel especially that seeds grow in the darkness we all start in a dark place so we have to grow and we have to thrive through the darkness, through the sunshine, through every single part in order to be our best selves and live our best lives. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, 
Like that's that's so entirely beautiful. It reminds me. I love your metaphors. You're such a kindred spirit. It reminds me of my book. I have a book called Freedom to Blossom and Invitation yeah. to Shine. And it's got sort of three uh, three uh, themes that sort of run through it. And the first section is called compost. And then the next section is called growing season. And the third section is called heart of blossoming. And it's interesting because, you know, the talk about that compost as being that dark, but very rich sort of, sort of soil. That's all the hard stuff that you go through that actually ends up being that very fertile thing that leads to the flowers that, that blossom and bloom. And you actually can't get the, to the heart of blossoming without being first immersed in that dark soil and that sort of underbelly of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I feel like we're the same person. I know. I know. There are a lot of parallels. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to say I'm so excited about growing Love the Skin You're In with you in North Virginia and with helping young women connect to these clubs and really come to that place of loving the skin they're in and finding their authentic power as you speak about that. You know, because really... It's like the truth will set us free if we give it an opportunity to, right? And if we if we really take the time to go on that inner journey and we really take the time to just stop and start to listen to what our inner inner wisdom has to say to us, things can really change, you know, rather than just being caught on that cultural train that just feels like it's traveling at a million miles an hour around a mountain and you can't get off. Well, there is a stop, you know, and that, that stop is inside of us. And if we stop, then we realize that we are the mountain. Exactly. Yeah. I love Well, I've just enjoyed every moment with you today, Fatima. And I think your wisdom is just going to bring so much light and so much hope to the young women that listen to this. So I want to thank you so much for for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so, so blessed that I'm here. So today I've been talking with Fatima Balul from North Virginia about mindfulness, self-love, and the intersection between feminism and spirituality. This is Bree Mathers from Love the Skin You're In, celebrating the voices of young women 13 through 30 who are using their genius to move beyond pretty and create a softer world. 